a Lifetime original podcast. I actually, I said something. Yeah, there was a couple. I was like, oh, they'll delete that. Great, thanks. <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. You never want your white women to join forces. They will turn on you, girl. They will come for you. Women can be president. Women can be murderers. Dare to dream. I was like, okay, are you magical? Are you Rumpelstiltskin? Like, he had that vibe. I thought maybe we were going to magical energy in this movie. It was very Sweeney Todd. City's on fire! (laughs) I just got a call from Oakmont Nursing Home. A reporter was there asking about Felix. Damn it. So you agree we need to do something for real this time? Jeanette. Because we're running out of time here. We meet with the board of trustees next week. We can't afford any more delay. Don't push me. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparrigan, and I am here with a special guest co-host. As you know, our girl Megan, she just popped out a human, okay? So she needs time to get that right, to figure that out, to make sure the baby is latching, whatever else happens when you're, when you're a parent. I don't know. And so I have here someone I simply adore, the hysterical brilliant, hilarious co-host of the podcast Undressing with Felicia Day, an actor you could see on NCIS Hawaii, someone I saw on Buffy and fell in love with as a youth, the one, the only, Tom Lank. Tom! I'm here. I'm ready to live, laugh, and love with you, Naomi. (laughs) Oh my God, what a pleasure. What a, uh, I'm just honored, honored to be here with you. Are you filled with gratitude for being asked to watch a Lifetime film with an eagle eye? Not simply take it in, but take notes. No, hashtag blessed. And (laughs) they go pretty deep. I'm overall, there's a lot of metaphors. There's layers. Mm -hmm. There's shapes, choices, you know. Look, the Lifetime directors are nothing if not auteurs, okay? They're coming to us with years of experience creating these worlds. And today's movie we're discussing is no different, okay? We are talking about the one, the only, adopted in danger. And the logline for that is, gang, when a DNA test helps Candace connect with her birth parents, she realizes some family histories are better left untold. Okay, if you have not seen this, you can watch it on LifetimeMovieClub.com. You gotta become a member of the movie club. That's where all the new hotness is, where all the old favorites are. That is the place to be. Now, Tom, before we get into Adopted in Danger... Or do you prefer the original title or this title? (laughs) The original title, I think, is... Killing my daughter, or what? Was yes, when you, yes. When you go on IMDb, it says "Killing my daughter." <laughs> I think that gives too much away, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you're right. Now, Tom, just really quickly, you have to say yes. So I'm going to ask you: Have you gotten your Lifetime Podcast merch yet? Yes, I have. <laughs> I've spread it out on my bed. I've laid on top of it. I've. You know, I've Scrooge McDucked into it. I've swam. Yes, I've swam through it. This is all naked. I'm, by the way. Um, oh, naturally, naturally. Yeah, I love, I love swag. Um. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of good stuff for these people, honey. We're giving them bathrobes. We're giving them blankets. We're giving you mugs and teas, honey. And you can shop the I Love a Lifetime movie podcast collection only at the Lifetime store. So go to LifetimeTVStore.com to get apparel and accessories from 
your favorite podcast, which is this podcast. Okay. Okay. Don't make me say it. Why okay? would you, you, why would you watch a Lifetime movie not in a robe with, with a cushy slipper with, I mean, <laughs> some chamomile, you Absolutely. know, I've recently gotten into those hot water bottles <laughs> For like, yes. you know, those oldie timey hot water bottles. Do you know you can put that in the bottom of your bed in the wintertime and it just keeps your toes nice and toasty? Anyway, so <laughs> I got, when I watch a Lifetime movie, well, I go to the olden times and I become a lady of years past. I of love your, that for of you, your, Grandma. Become a lady of A lady of your. Of your. We love that for you, Grandma. And you guys, you can get 15% off when you use code I love a lifetime movie 15. Okay, Tom, I'm done with these plugs, okay? I've plugged the merch. I've plugged you. I've plugged Adopted in Danger. We got to get into the motion picture. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, Tom, when was the last time you had seen a Lifetime movie before this moment? Oh, gosh. It has been a while. It's been a while. But were you surprised? You know, this one starts off, okay? It's nighttime, honey. We're like on a dock. A baby's crying and a brunette is running. Were you like, wow, this is popping off. This is at a 10. Yeah, no. It was giving me, you know, sort of procedural vibes. Mm -hmm. I I was like, I'm in. You've got me locked in right away. Because it was like, it was high energy. Yeah, high stakes. High stakes. Because she's running with the baby, and then a car pulls up behind her, and a man screams, Henrietta! Hand over the baby, Henrietta. I changed my mind. We talked about this. And then you cut to a brand new day. We don't even know when. It's like, you're on the edge. You're like, okay, did the baby get took in? But who was she? Who, who is was that he? man? He's gorgeous. And I wanted to know <laughs> who he is. How do I follow him on Instagram? I'm sure he's got a thirst trap to be had. Um, yeah, it just really, it really sucked me in. You were in. But then we cut to just like a guy and a gal running in the park. And I will say, I thought the girl running was the girl from the dock at night. No, I thought I had full facial blindness and I assumed these were the two same people. I just thought it. In fact, I rewound. I'm like, ooh, did his hair get thicker? Because this man, the male lead of our movie, his hair is so thick. What (laughs) supplements is he taking? What what do I have to do? The cut, you know, he's got like a floppy bang. Yeah, sort of. He's got like thick boy band hair and I'm into it. Anyway, it's not (laughs) the same person from. And what is it? Is it a is it a flashback? Is it a flash forward? We don't know. 
we don't know yet. And we're just going to have to go on that journey because now we're here with a couple, our, our main couple, Candace and Sean, Sean with the boy band hair and Candace. And basically what I thought was funny is because like Sean is clearly hot and in shape, but his character was like, I don't want to run. I don't want to do this half marathon. And I was like, okay, stop pretending like you're not. He's at a Barry's gym. boot camp twice a day. Let's be honest, okay? This is a walk, exactly. a literal walk in the park for him. <laughs> I know. But now I have a question though. You did mention, you know, that this moment reminded you of something. Yeah, you know, because he gets a little queasy, you know, from the workout. And it did take me back to when I had a personal trainer when I thought it was a good investment for my health, my health and wellness. Uh, <laughs> it's expensive. Have you ever had a yeah. personal? It's too much. I know. I just, don't like that. I don't want that scrutiny. I don't like the one-on-one. It's too much. Uh, <laughs> but I did. And I used to go to this private training gym underneath a, a gay club in WeHo. But like, and it was <laughs> grimy. And I think it turned up in some naughty movies. I won't say what kind. <laughs> but uh, as like the location. But this was the place that all the stars were going to. And my trainer's what? husband was training Hugh Jackman. And wow. I thought for sure Hugh was checking me out, but turns out it's just because I had been turning various shades of pale green uh, because <laughs> I got queasy and vomity on leg day. There, I said it. Um, turns okay. out he was just staring at the spectacle and not <laughs> making love eyes at me. So there you go. I would not have been able to work out with Hugh Jackman nearby. Like you have actual Wolverine getting cut next to you. I'd be like, I'm not even going to try. Oh, it, it's the no way you can't concentrate. Also, what about like, why am I even bothering if that's the level of working out that's happening in, in the like, why am I there? Why have I even bothered? Just that's let what me saying. go to Jazzercise where I belong. Okay. <laughs> so while Tom is Jazzercising, our main gal, Candace, you know, they've come back from their run. She's at home. She's at her computer and she's looking at this like 23andMe type of website. So she's like very into her lineage right now. And do you remember when your family went on that pilgrimage to Ireland to figure out what quaint little village your great-great-grandfather was from? Uh, of course. It was the best two weeks of my life. Well, until my Aunt Cindy got drunk and tried to get into a fistfight with my cousin Travis. Well, I guess I realized that I want that. Not the fistfight part, but the knowing. I don't know anything about my family history. And since my mom and dad passed, it's just... Babe, it's okay. I, mean, I know how hard this has been on you. All I want is to know where I come from. And I mean, if we're gonna be starting a family soon, it's important that we know my family medical history. Yeah, you're right, we should. If I were in your shoes, I would wanna know too. Also to me, Candace looks like she's like 24. Like, she looks very young to me, even though I know she is, like, much older than that, especially with, like, all the intrigue and history of the movie. But at first, I was like, she's, like, a young girl. Why is she freaking out? But then we learn that her and Sean are, like, trying for a baby. They obviously must be married, right? So I was like, okay, well, maybe she's not, like, 24. Maybe she is, like, a grown lady trying to have a baby. I mean, that house, that Nancy Myers house, you have to be a grown uh-huh. person to afford that, I feel like. <laughs> I will say this, though. I really like, because a lot of times I feel like in Lifetime movies, the guys, because they're really hot, they're not fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're modely, so they don't know how to banter. And it really felt to me like Sean with the boy band hair was very natural. Like, they had a real nice rapport. I was like, okay, they're a couple. I believe this. 
just so you know, um, all I care about is that our kid is 50% you. Because if that happens, I know she will be smart, beautiful, and a way faster runner than me. <laughs> you are the greatest. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the hot husband, I, I'm going to keep referring to him as hot husband because that's what I called mm-hmm. him in my mind the whole time. Um, he, I just feel like he was bringing a little fun and fun and flavor to... I don't know, just a good vibe between them. Yeah. And I feel like they've worked before together. Maybe. Yes. Do we know? Wait, what? How would we know that? Do you mean if I check their IMDb? Yeah. I feel like they were on a a soap opera together. And so maybe that's how they got cast was they already. Wow. Okay. Their rapport. Yeah. That rapport. Absolutely. I don't know anything about my family's medical history. So I'm just, you know, when Candace is like, I need to know. I was like, we do? What am I missing? Maybe I should ask around. I'm never going to do 23andMe. What's it going to tell me I don't already know? Pale pasty. The results are 30% pale and and 80. I don't know. I can't do now, but 80. 80, yep. 30 and 80. 30 and 80. 110%. Pale and pasty. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Candace gets to work. And as she's going in, in the parking lot, there's like an old man who comes up to her. And it's he's got like real crazy oracle energy. And he's like, it's you. It's you, Candace Burke. I've been doing research. It's you. Sorry, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. I really need to get to work. It wasn't right. It wasn't right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mr. Rossman. You know you're not supposed to leave the grounds unaccompanied. I was like, okay, are you magical? Are you Rumpelstiltskin? Like, he had that vibe. I thought maybe we were going to magical energy in this movie. It was very uh, Sweeney Todd. City's on fire! (laughs) That's, we're going to be giving musical theater references that no one cares or knows about. Oh, I think they will love it. That's what they need. Uh (laughs) I love an oracle moment in it, like, are you giving us future? Are you saying what's really happening? Are you just, you know, a crazy person? Exactly. You don't know yet. And then she walked into the building. And I'm going to tell you this. I still did not know what she did. And I don't know if it's like I was like writing a note and I missed some sort of establishing shot. But at first it's like she gets into work and, you know, she's in a medical coat. And then she starts talking to her black friend, Allie. Anyway, um, what have we got going on today? Has Mrs. College arrived yet? Nope. Canceled. So you have time to hear all about my date last night. Oh, do I have to? <laughs> And so I'm thinking they're doctors, but I'm really not sure. But then I noticed you see Allie immediately. I was like, I need to get the curly hair that all the black friends have in Lifetime movies. If I want a book, I need to be giving you that 4C curl with like a side part. Yeah. And do you think that's a unit or is that a natural hair moment? What do we think? I think it was natural for her. I do think it was a natural moment because normally you can really tell when someone's wigging it. You can really tell. And this one I think was a natural moment. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what you have to book, right? Like, her headshot is showing you that curl. And then the casting director is like, yes, black friend, doctor. (laughs) Ah! I don't know. I love it. Now... What I liked immediately, though, is that, okay, if they're in this hospital setting, the stakes are low because Allie is like, I got to tell you about my date. Okay, so remember the Bumble Dreamboat guy with zero body fat who I am going to marry? Todd? No, Todd was like two months ago. I'm talking about Paul. Tall Paul? Oh, my God. Yeah, he's 6'4". And it's like, ma'am, 
don't you have somebody who's like a code blue or someone who needs some sort of help somewhere? <laughs> it's a it's a casual hospital. It's not. They're definitely not working in emergency emergency care. Yeah, it's it's low stakes. But you know what? We don't care about medical information. We want to know about. Tell me who you're dating. Tell me about your sex life, <laughs> Allie. I want to know. But. Candace quickly stops paying attention because her DNA results are in and she is like really, really annoyed. Listen to this. Yes, yes. Half Irish, half Dutch. That's it. What were you expecting to find? I don't know. I mean, you hear stories all the time about people finding their relatives through these things and reuniting with long lost loved ones. I just thought Sweet. that those cases are rare. Unless you have other people in your family tree who willingly post their info, all you get is basic genealogy results. I know, I know. I, I just kind of thought it would give me a little more information on where I came from than this. Okay, okay, so you're half Irish, half Dutch. That's two kinds of white. I wasn't surprised. Same as me. 30% pale, 80% pasty. And see. <laughs> and seed. But very quickly, though, Allie is like, Do you remember my friend Margot? Yes. Long brown hair, smart. She works for the Times, right? Yes. Margot has contacts in law enforcement that might be able to track down your family. I don't know how it works, but I think they have access to, like, all the consumer DNA test results, plus their own database. Really? Yeah. She said they can find pretty much anybody. <sighs> okay, I, I, I would never ask you to do this if it wasn't really important to me. I helped Margot register her beagle as a service animal. And that thing is not a service to anybody. <laughs> she owes me. Then, like, after that, it's like, okay, yeah, get your friend with friends in law enforcement. You're like, okay, what? And then you get to Candace and Sean having dinner with Sean's parents, and they seem very wealthy. Cindy just has a very active imagination. <laughs> oh, is that what we're calling in there? I, so. I think I'd like her. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> They felt very rich to me. Mom's name was Trudy. I was like, okay, Sean comes from money. Like, his parents helped them put the down payment on this house. Yeah, he has to be a trust fund baby, right? Because what does he do? I love that the the lady is like, I am the breadwinner of this family, <laughs> and I'm making it happen. Well, my hot husband right. stays home and, <laughs> and cooks keto meals for me. <laughs> and also deep conditions his hair. You know that's a daily journey. <laughs> He's constantly trying to get it together. But you know what? He's a boot camp instructor. I've now decided <laughs> that's what his job is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I believe it. But then at the same time, I still like him, though, because a lot of times, you know, the husbands can be a little, if they're not actual just like murderers and bad guys, they're always kind of like wet blankets or they're telling their wives not to trust their guts, you know? And so I did like Sean was, he was like, families have dark sides, too. Okay, what what are you saying, Sean, that that I shouldn't try and find my parents anymore? No, no, of course not. I just I just want you to be prepared. They're not perfect. Which I think is a very natural thing to say. I think he's a model and a model husband. And he's a model <laughs> husband in both senses of the word because he's like he's the, he's the ideal husband that we all wish we had. Just completely supportive, super mm -hmm. hot. And uh, how to sign me up. If anyone would like <laughs> to apply, I am accepting applications. You also, for some reason, wrote the notes, I might need to give him a bobby pin for that thick lock of hair. Because <laughs> it's, so, you know, it like sort of falls in his face. I wanted to pin it back. <laughs> okay. 
you felt like it was obstructing. Yeah, because you know face. you don't want to get into that habit of having to push it behind your ear. It becomes a crutch. That sort of Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like a Barbara Streisand having to push, <laughs> just constantly brush her 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 bangs area with her her nails. You're right. You're right. But. I don't know. I think Sean's making it work. But anyway, enough about Sean's hair. I'm obsessed. (laughs) We get the next day we're back at work, which we have established is a hospital for children. Yes. And yet no one's working. Allie's friend Margot comes and she's got a whole little folder full of tea. Listen to this. So I am not supposed to do this, but I got my friend in law enforcement to run your DNA through the system. And he can say with 99% certainty your father is Tom Mason. Wow. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, why does Tom Mason sound so familiar to me? <laughs> Have you ever been to Mayfield? Yeah, sure. I think Sean and I were looking at a place out there, but I mean, it was way out of our price range. Well, the Masons are like real estate royalty in Mayfield. Yeah. This is blowing me away. I, thank you. Wow. Okay, I want to say this, first of all. I don't think cops should just be running people's DNA through a system (laughs) and then giving that information to a reporter. I mean, there should be a signed affidavit, something that says this is legally acceptable. I feel like some HIPAA rights were violated. (laughs) Also, what, like, it's so specific and it happened very quickly, but... You know, that's the magic of the internet. It's it's a matter of the internet when you're connected. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think regular people, it takes a while to get results back. But if you've got a contact, it's like it's like a COVID test. You can get your results in three days or you can pay money and get them back in an hour, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing, though. We do find out that Candace's birth father is rich, okay? And that he's also, like, two towns over. The man is not far away from the child he gave up. Don't you feel like this is like, it's like Annie vibes, you know? Like, oh, (laughs) like, I'm going to find out my parents are are someone. There's someone. There's somebody. (laughs) Well, how did it feel to know that you had the same name as the father? The dead be dead Tom Mason, the real estate mogul, but also dead be dead. Look, I'm not going to say you should never trust a Tom, but maybe you shouldn't. (laughs) I I don't know. I wouldn't trust me and I don't trust this Tom. (laughs) You wouldn't trust yourself? Tom Link? I don't, so I, sometimes I, do, I don't, I don't know if I trust myself anymore in, <laughs> in important decisions, um, adulting, I, uh, life skills. I don't know if I trust myself in any of these areas. It's just, I, yeah, this is another Tom. We got too much Tom on our hands. <laughs> so Candace is immediately like, do you think I look like him? Oh yeah. Tom's eyes are exactly like yours. Right? Mm-hmm. That's so too. It's a little eerie. So, are you going to call them or? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, I don't know. It's intimidating, Allie. I mean, I know this is what I wanted, but what if they don't want to meet me? You are an amazing person. You have a handsome as hell husband. You live in a dream house and you save children for a living. You have one in life. Trust me, they're going to be so happy to meet you. Yeah. But then here's where I diverge from Allie, the black friend. Because at first Candace is like, oh, I'll email him and hopefully we'll connect. And Allie is like, but if they don't email you back, you're calling. And if they don't answer, we're driving to Mayfield ourselves. You're meeting your parents. 
I just thought that was a lot. Like, would you? What do you think? Like, if I was like, hey, I think I have an estranged father and he lives in Glendale. Would you just tell me to go to Glendale, Tom? I, um, no, I don't think so. I think maybe a (laughs) a phone call. Uh, you want to sort of ease, I feel like you want to like ease your way into, are you my father? Also, is it confirmed? Is it like, it's definite. It is medic. It's medical science. He's your dad. Is that, is that what we are going with? Yeah. The DNA don't lie. Okay. Now I'm suspicious of, of Allie, the best friend. Like, is she a bad guy? Is she going to turn like in this movie? Is she going to turn out to be a bad guy? Like, is she steering her? Is that why she's? Pushing her oh, to go okay. meet in person. So you thought it was like, okay, you were like, okay, there's, it's because it's such a bad idea. You're like, what is her game? <laughs> yeah. Something's up. Something's yeah. up with this best friend. Yes. But you, at least she doesn't go alone. So basically she has Sean. Candace is like, Sean, come drop me off. And he drops her off at the real estate company that Tom Mason owns. He's so, so supportive. I love him. I want <laughs> a Sean in my life. Again, applications are open <laughs> but he also like i thought he was gonna go in with her but no he was just like waiting but i thought i think because his hair is so floppy and then he had on these like sunglasses he was just really giving me like 1999 like he's the bad boy in a boy band was his vibe yeah and it's working for me <laughs> he's like comfortable and non-threatening like a boy band you know yeah 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 and he's like, it's also kind of like first date kindergarten. I'll wait in the car. If anything goes wrong, they'll bring you out. It'll be fine. I'll just wait for you here. Okay. What happens next, Tom? Candace walks in and you can tell Tom, his name's Tom Mason, right? He Yes, your he, name. He is your name. Okay. He immediately is like, that's my daughter. But like, has he been <laughs> has he been spying on her all these years? Has he been checking out her her Facebook page? Like, we don't know, but he definitely knows what's up. And he's like, "Uh, let's go into a conference room again. Don't trust a Tom." That's the advice I'm giving you. Right, but it was just really funny because I was like, "You did not play it cool," and also, you don't live far enough away from her. Quite honestly, I'm surprised they have not run into each other in the Whole Foods. You know what I'm saying? Or like Andy Ann's, do we get a pretzel together at the mall? You know. <laughs> So he basically is like, come into the conference room. Listen to this. So are you one of the new associates at Locklear Rivington? Or are you just in the market for a beautiful new home? Uh, neither, actually. Okay. I-, I apologize for just showing up at your work like this, but, um... Gosh, okay, sorry. I, I don't really know how to say this, but, um... I'm your daughter. I that I just blurted that out. I, I, let, let me explain. I did a genetics test, and um, did you give up a daughter for adoption 30 years ago? And then we see a flashback to the cold open where the woman's running and she stopped. And this time we see a little bit more of that memory because we see the man take the baby from her and get into his car. And so we see that, and then Tom Mason is like, no. Pretty sure I would know if I... I gave up a child for adoption, right? So I'm very sorry, but this is just uh, some kind of misunderstanding. And then he gets real bad. I can't help you. Please, just... I don't know what kind of scheme this is, but this comes to an end now. Scheme? I, I am not... Is this about money, then? Is that what this is? Because you wouldn't be the first person to try to blackmail me or my family. I, I do not need your money, and I would never try and blackmail anybody. Could I... 
No, is it, would I, would it be possible if I just talked to Mrs. Mason? Uh, all right, you need to leave now. Bruce, Alex, can you come in here, please? If you attempt to contact me again, I will call the police. Mr. Mason, I just, I, I'm- I will call the police, and I will call my attorney, and there will be legal repercussions. Do you understand? Hey, is everything okay? Everything's fine, boys. My sons will see you out. Wow, 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 wow. He really, he flipped the script. He turned on a dime. And the way he says, my sons will see you out. Ugh. That is the cruelest example of <laughs> no. exposition I've ever heard. It's so mean. <laughs> it both, it gives you, it tells you who they are. And also, like, get out of here, you illegitimate, you love, love child, never meant to be. <laughs> It was it was so intense. I was like, he is so mean. But especially because he also, he's like, if you keep talking to me, there'll be legal repercussions. And it's like, by legal repercussions, you mean like it being on record that this is your child, right? Like she's not lying to you because if you actually go through the legal process, they're going to get a DNA test. They're going to prove she's your child. So you're just like making up threats to be mean. I yeah, thought he's terrible. just being, he's just being cruel at this point. Also, I'm, okay, Shout out to the costumer of this movie because the color stories mm. that are happening in each scene are very interesting. Like this mm -hmm. one, like when she comes to the office, she's like in gray with a, a light pink purse and they're all in grays and burgundies. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the associate that works there is in like a burgundy. Um, everything's gray and burgundy. And then Tom, bad news Tom, mm -hmm. he's wearing like beige. And we know beige mm -hmm. means bad guy, you know? You don't ever right. want to be in beige. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, don't yeah. look good in beige. beige. Most Toms don't. So we know <laughs> this means you're an evil man. Yeah. Beige on beige skin. That's not good. It's like why I wouldn't wear brown. It's like if you're already light, you can't be out here wearing beige because it's like, why do you just want to look like a specter, a ghost, if you will? Uh, I went to a baby shower recently and I, I was like, oh, I want to do a, a skit called Beige Baby where it's like everything... They were just getting all these neutral, like, cream and ecru colored things. I'm like, that's going to have baby poop all over. Like, what? these are not functioning clothing <laughs> for babies. By the way, watching this moment made me realize that my family had this exact moment that Candace did, has done. What? What are you talking about? And I totally forgot about it. I don't know if there was a phone call first, but then someone showed up and was like, my grandfather's, like, during the war, World War II, like, in England... I was told that my father was this name and <gasps> my grandfather had to be like, no, I didn't, I didn't hook up while I was in, in the war. So you're mistaken. <gasps> but do you think he was lying? Like Tom Mason is lying? I don't know. And it was like 10, 12 years ago. So I'm like, why have we never talked about that again? <laughs> so is this podcast going to cause me now that he's passed? Am I going to investigate? I don't know. You have to. So, okay. Okay. I need to know more. How old was your grandpa when this person showed up at the door? I think this, he was either maybe in his 80s or 90s, late 80s. Maybe okay, it was so like late a, 80s. So this is a grown adult person who came, like someone in their 40s. Yeah. It was, like someone, it was someone around like my mom's age. And uh -huh. um, so I don't know. I don't know. And my grandparents stayed married the whole, like, we, we, they had a 75th wedding anniversary. Can you imagine? Well, 
I think you have to do research into this situation because now that grandpa's dead, you can kind of, you know, you won't worry about upsetting him. But yeah. you can also find out and see. But this is also why you do 23andMe. If you do 23andMe, <gasps> you're going to find out. You're going to find out if you go on a website with your DNA. Oh, my God, because that lady for sure has done 23andMe, right? Because she's like, for I want to sure. know. And that was right. this was all prior to, to genetic online testing. Is this a new crime podcast? Is this a crime? Is this, it's not a murder. It's not a crime. Is this a scam? Lifetime, do you want to make this movie? Do you want to make a book <laughs> starring me, playing myself? <laughs> so thank you to Adopted in Danger for recharging this memory and yeah. starting a whole new career path for me. Well, now that Tom has a goal for the next phase of his career, we have to go back to Tom Mason, who... After he kicks out Candace, he immediately talks to his wife, Jeanette, who is also like a blonde soap opera queen. And they're basically like, this is a problem, isn't it? Oh, it's fine. I'll handle it. Really? You'll handle it like you handled it last time? Don't push me. You have no idea what I went through to make this thing go away. And you have no idea what I am capable of. Sweetheart, we can't have this coming out. Not when we're in this merger with Rivington Locklear. If it falls apart, imagine what would happen to our business, to our son. You don't think that I know what's at stake here, Jeanette? You're not the only one who runs this company. Now, I will handle it. Good, because there is nothing more important to me than our family. You're like, okay, the stakes are high. They've got to protect their business. So while that happens, after that, Margot, Allie, and Candace sit down to lunch. You know, when Candace is talking about how, like, he was like so mean to me. And it made me feel bad. And then Margot, the reporter, is like, you know what? I did some digging. When I found out that Tom Mason was your father, it just, I don't know, it set off journalistic alarms for me. What do you mean? Well, Tom and Jeanette Mason are exactly your... Your typical couple that gives up a baby for adoption. I mean, think about it. They have so much money. They obviously could have provided for a child. And then when she finally goes there to talk to him, the way he treated you, it's, it's just strange. And she finds out that there's a guy who used to work with the Masons named Felix Rossman. And Margot was like, you know, I want to try to get in touch with him because maybe he, can, he has answers for us. And then Margot shows them a picture and it is the old guy who accosted Candace in the parking lot at the beginning. City on fire! The Oracle, <laughs> he is back in the picture. The Oracle is back and he has answers. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, wow, this man could be the key to everything. That man, I was watching him, I'm like, well, there's my part. That's the part I'll play. <laughs> Why is that? What, the old Oracle? Yes. The Oracle? Yeah, I'm like, well, if I were cast in this film, it wouldn't be any of these gorgeous people. I will be the Oracle. <laughs> no, no, no. You could be a rich person's son. You'd be a total real estate mogul's son. I do not your have Aryan a, good looks. No, I do not have the face <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a mogul. I have a sort of like, at best, executive assistant. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not a confident face. I get that note a lot in auditions. I try to get but more confident. And I finally have, I've just now started saying like, oh no, no, I don't have a confident face. I'm actually, I'm fine. <laughs> it's just, I have, you're, you're just reacting to my non-confident face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that there's a moment in this though, that I thought was I said, Allie, you're going crazy, girl. Because she she literally says, like, as Margot and Candace are talking, so the two brunette white girls are talking, and then Allie says... Can I just say that the fact that my two best friends are working together and maybe also <laughs> becoming best friends, it's, it's like making my month. 
You're so cute. Yeah. Well, I, and I said, Allie, you never want your white women to join forces, okay? You do not. They will turn on you, girl. They will come for you. Don't you let them get together. That's when I thought, again, is she evil? Is she, because, like, is she trying to push them to get, like, why would you want, and why would you be so excited about them being, becoming best friends so quickly? Like, that was, that's, I know. that is too, no, you can't be friends with my friend that quickly. I don't like people being friends with my friends at all. I like to keep my friends separate. Like, I, I oh, really? think you should like each other, but, like, I don't need y'all, like, vibing. Or, yeah, have like, you had that? side text message chain. Have you had that scenario when, when a friend becomes friends and they go off and become better friends than they are with you? And then- well, you know, I'll tell you, Tom. Briefly, I had to go I, because I was working. I couldn't do the pod. So then I brought on frenemy uh, Brian Safi to take my place <laughs> with Megan Gailey. And when I tell you, Brian and Megan, they got up here on recorded media and they dragged me. They talked about my daughter, Mabel. I said, see, that's why I should be bringing people together. Because it's like, y'all both kind of wicked. And I like that in small doses. But y'all can't combine forces. You can't combine forces in that way. I would never do that to you. Thank you. So you did catch a little um, symbolism here, though, in this lunch scene that I thought was very interesting because I didn't notice it. Again, color story, uh, Allie's in beige. It's an animal print, but it's also beige. So it's pointing me towards she's the villain. Mm, and mm. Margot is giving me Sutton Foster vibes, like neat. I'm getting I'm the, I'm getting some needy musical theater energy from her from Marco. So I don't so I'm not trusting her either like it seems like she's kind of selfish, you know? Like is she yeah. she just wants to she wants to scoop like is she going to bl- you know blow this whole story up? I don't know. Exactly, exactly. Also then the the symbol another symbolism. Did you see the tablescape? They had no. mason jars with orange juice. You know when you order orange juice, it is Tiny, right? A They're, thimble, a thimble, thimble at best. They had full mason jars, and what is Tom's name? Mason, mason jar, wow. full of, which is just a symbolism of richness. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay, okay. This is again auteur directorial vision. They're not messing around mason. at Lifetime. Okay, they are giving you right. layers. It's like this movie is an onion of beautiful. Metaphors. <laughs> Keep going. Yep, it's an onion of beautiful metaphors. <laughs> so as the gals are leaving lunch, they run into the Mason brothers. Remember the sons who will see Candace out. And that Mason jar of orange juice was foreshadowing that we were about to meet these men. Okay, this is Hitchcock. This is Hitchcock. Now yeah. you're saying foreshadowing, and this mm-hmm. is drama. This is film studies 101. And like Candace kind of says hi to them because they don't really know who she was, right? So they're just like, hey, girl, who was in the office? And Candace is like, mm-hmm. And then Margot immediately is like, I'd like to talk to you about the merger. I'm a journalist. And it's like, God damn it, Margot. Margo really you're about to cause problems. Her Lois Laning is messing things up. Also, I love that. Don't you wish she could just dress up like this all the time? Like these men are in suits. These women are all in like <laughs> bold prints. Can we yes. have lunch and wear bold prints? And I'm going to wear a suit for no reason. <laughs> Yes, let's meet up for brunch where I'll be I'll be in a dress with a chunky heel and you be in a daytime suit. Daytime suit and I'm ordering us a large orange juice. 
We're gonna we're living the rich life. We're getting so much orange juice. So of course, though, the son he gets back to the office and like mentions to his mom, like, oh yeah, I saw that Candace girl and she was with a reporter. And you know Jeanette Mason ain't having it. So this uh, reporter, where did you meet her? Oh, she was with Candace Burke. I think they were having lunch. You were asked a question by a journalist who was having lunch with Candace Burke? Yeah, about the merger. Maybe I will have your father give her a call. Did she leave you a card? Uh, you know, actually she did. So it's like, oh my God, it's, I felt like this was on Margot. And so then like later that night, okay, so they had had lunch, but somehow we got to night. Now so we're this at is night. Like all day girls hang. This scene, the two friends, okay, what do we know from a lifetime movie? You gotta walk your friends to their car. I do this in real life as well. Because yeah. you can't trust yeah. the parking structure. Nope. Nope. Because Thank you, Tom. Candace, uh, she gets accosted <laughs> and mm-hmm. a man th- throws her in her car, takes her purse, and it's like, open the car. <laughs> Lock the door, count to 20. While I run away, don't look back at me. <laughs> so, ladies, walk your friends to their car. Thanks. Yeah, the spin of PSA. To. And then, and then what you do is you walk them, then they drive you to yours. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's how everyone helps each other. And also, if you're in heels, it's gonna be painful to walk that far anyway. So just get in the car for that short exactly. little drive. Exactly. So. They take her purse, but luckily, though, right before that happened, Candace had given, like, the information to Margot. Because Margot was like, well, do you want to keep this stuff? And then Candace was like, no, you can hold on to it. So at least Margot has everything. Candace doesn't. So then back at the house, Sean, beautiful Sean, talks to the cops and was like... What did the police say? Did they get the guy? No. But they found your purse, and uh, weirdly enough, everything is still in it. Even the cash? Yeah. So then why would they take my purse? I don't know. And so you're like, okay, this person was obviously after whatever information, right? So we know Jeanette basically like called someone and was like, you got to find out what she has. And then that person was like, okay, I'll accost her in the parking structure. But then he is, again, model husband. And he he's like, you know what? I'm going to soothe you. I'm going to calm you down. You've just had a, a terrifying experience. And what does he give her? Okay, so I know this timing might be a bit weird, but I did get you something before today. You got me something? Oh, yeah. It, you know, it was supposed to be a, uh, you know, a spur of the moment, you know, fun present. They say you're supposed to start taking them even before you can see. Prenatal vitamins. Tom, this was a no from me. Sean, minus 10. Minus 10 from Gryffindor for this nonsense. <laughs> vitamins is a present. I was on his side. I was I loved him. I was up till this moment. And then he just <laughs> lost he lost me. Look, he's not a smart man. What we've deduced. <laughs> Is that he's teaching boot camp? Maybe there's some of you boot camp teachers are wildly intelligent. This man is not one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> you know what it is? He has a pure heart. You know what I mean? Sean is the kind of person you say, bless his heart. He's like a golden you know? retriever, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, Definitely. she didn't marry him for his brains. She clearly married him for that thick head of hair, those pecs, <laughs> abs. Okay? That's true. She's brainy. True. She's a doctor. She's a pediatrician. Yeah. She's got brains enough for the both of them. That's true. She definitely does. So then after that moment where she's like, you know, chocolate would have been a better present. And then he's like, oh, I got your chocolate too. It's like, okay, well, let's just, you should open with the chocolate instead of with the damn vitamins. Anyway, so after that moment, we go to the assisted living facility where that man, Felix Rossman, you know, the Oracle was. And he's like being put to bed. The nurse kind of puts him to bed. And then right after the nurse leaves and the lights go out, someone comes in and smothers him with a pillow. said that is savage he is an old man in an assisted living facility i was very upset by this but again now that we know that you want to go at 80 maybe that's the best way to go is to have some uh, maybe i that's my no i don't want to be smothered tom uh, i know i know i'm kidding um <laughs> i but i'm i'm very upset because i i'm assuming this is tom and again tom's can't be trusted uh yeah and yeah, I, yeah i'm and i was upset I was upset for her because also we didn't really get to know him as a character. And then I was exactly. also sad that the, 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 you know, the actor only got, a, uh, he didn't get more days of work. <laughs> I want him to you're get his just... health insurance, you know? <laughs> Is that what makes you sad when someone dies in a TV show? You're like, oh, they didn't, they didn't make their minimums. As <laughs> <sighs> soon as someone gets married off on a show or killed off, you're like, oh my God, they could have been here for three more episodes and like getting more residuals. It's upsetting. I know. It's upsetting I to know. me. The next night, Candace and her friends, you know, her new bestie, Margot, and her old bestie, Allie, they're, like, going through the Mason's paperwork. But then Candace is like, oops, I left my phone at work. So then she goes back to the hospital after hours to pick up her phone. Now, this is danger, okay? As we say on this pod, you know, working after hours, being in a place of business after hours is a death sentence. Nine to five will keep you alive in the world of lifetime. That's a fact, Okay. This is a red flag. And again, this is why I think maybe her friends are in on it and they're trying to get her killed because they just let her. They just let her go back when she's just been mugged. I know. Naomi, I know. I, if you've been mugged, I am going to circle your house. <laughs> okay. And for, for at least a couple of weeks and make sure you're, you're not going anywhere by yourself. I'm Absolutely. keeping you on house arrest. Thank in, you. For Thank your own you. safety. I might even put one of those um, bracelets on your leg. What's that for? That's an you... ankle monitor? Yeah, I'm putting an ankle monitor on you just for your own safety. So wait a minute. You're pretty much putting me under arrest after I've been attacked. Yes, because I care about you <laughs> and your safety. And I want to know where you are at all times. Maybe I could just get yeah. one of those GPS things. Maybe that's an easier way. Yeah, you should definitely put a tracker on my car and on my cell phone. Okay. I think that would be important, so that way you can reach me quickly. But basically, as she is looking for her phone, we see somebody all in black at the hospital, like, looking through files on Candace's computer, and then you see them find the folder that says Mason Research, which is like, Candace, babe, come on. Don't make it obvious. You are dealing with rich people. Don't make it so easy. Right. And so then that person basically transfers that off of Candace's computer. And then when Candace gets in her office and she sees that the desktop is on and she's like, huh, that's weird. And then the, an alarm goes off. 
and she like runs out and gets in her car and it was just kind of like again where is beautiful sean the husband like if i left my phone at work it would be like andy drive me to work do you know what i mean like it would be like i'm not doing this alone anyway anyway but that night sean is like we should go to the police and then of course when they talk to a police officer at her office the next day he's like mm, you should get a security camera classic cop behavior in lifetime movies they're like i don't know someone took a file off your desktop who cares like, get really- a camera but also they're rich and they could afford the camera so i do think it's good advice well it's good advice but honey nobody called you here to tell me to buy a camera i didn't need you i didn't need a cop to come here and tell me that also who is this cop he's too i, I don't trust him probably another tom <laughs> <laughs> Too attractive for his own good. Don't trust him. But Tom, speaking of things I don't trust, including cops, I think it's time to take a break. That that was not a segue that made sense. Speaking of things that I don't trust, it's time to take a break. <laughs> that did not make sense. But the fact is, my mind is addled. I'm taking in a lot. I'm still reeling from Mr. Rossman's murder. I can't believe somebody was in the dang hospital and the hospital doesn't have cameras. And I just feel like we got to take a break and come back fresh. So, can you tell me anything about the, the cause of death? No, I'm sorry, I can't. Right. And I'm guessing you won't let me peek at that visitor's log from the day he died. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Ma'am? Is access to that security footage, is that... That's a definite no. Right. Okay. Look, uh, can I just talk to some of the residents that knew Felix? My editor wants to do a human interest story. I mean, he was born here and he's, he's lived here his whole life. I just think it would honor him. Okay. The media room's that way. Margot does not take no for an answer. Okay, she is like, exactly. she asks four more questions after that no. I'm oppressed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's what makes her a good reporter. That's how she stays she's on the like, beach. She's like, can I talk know? to one of his friends that's not dead? <laughs> 
But then she finally gets a yes, and she's going to go talk to people. But then that nurse, shady nurse, who oh. I did not see this coming, immediately me calls Jeanette Mason. Hello? Yes, um, you told me to notify you if anyone was asking after Mr. Rothman. Oh, I said, oh, my God, this is terrible. I was so sad. And then, so, of course, Jeanette, she goes to her husband, Tom, and it's just like, this needs to be handled. And Tom... He's no pushover. Listen to this. Yes? Enough is enough, Tom. Candace Burke, she's getting too close. I'm on top of it, Jeanette. You're on top of it. First, you botched the mugging. That wasn't my fault. We had to find out what was in that file. And then you break into her office and you get the police involved. That was worth it. There's nothing in that file to worry about. It's just a bunch of illegally obtained DNA results in a background that anyone with a server could find. Tom. Jeanette, look. I talked to the police. They don't think we're involved. They think she's crazy. Chief Carver actually apologized to me for any inconvenience. This is nothing. Well, I disagree. Well. I just got a call from Oakmont Nursing Home. A reporter was there asking about Felix. Damn it. So you agree we need to do something for real this time? Jeanette. Because we're running out of time here. We meet with the Board of Trustees next week. We can't afford any more delay. Me. Oh my gosh. He is bad news. This was a fun scene. I like whenever they're together. You know why? Because they're both from soap operas. So, like, they know how to do these kind of scenes where it's just like, I'm two inches from your face and I'm telling you I'm not taking no for an answer. You know what I mean? Also, at this point, I'm wildly attracted to Tom and I don't, and I, <laughs> and I, we also could look related. It was giving me a lot of confusing feelings. I, um, I'm just, I'm kind of into Tom. I know. And it's like, do oh, I have a thing Lord. for bad boys? What's wrong with me? Well, I think you do. But except you say you want a Sean. You want a good husband that's going to buy you vitamins. So I think. <sighs> I'm a Gemini. So I, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I want what I can't have. I want both things at the same time. Yep, yep, yep. You know, I want someone who rides a motorcycle. But also I think motorcycles are d- d- death machines and you should never be on one. <laughs> so what do I, I'm, I'm just a. Go ahead. I'm conflicting. That's all I got. <laughs> I love that you just drop mid-sentence. I like this thing of yours where you'll say something and you'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't finish the sentence. Which is great for a podcast, by the way. Hey, Tom, could you give us more silence in the middle of a sentence so that the audience will <laughs> panic and go to their their radio device to see if it's still on? A radio device. <laughs> Nana Lank with a hot water bottle and a radio device coming through. <laughs> so now, after this, Allie comes over and is like, Candace, remember we got that conference in Vegas on infectious diseases? Wow, I am losing it out. I am usually so on top of these things. I'm sorry. I know. See, this is why I shouldn't even go. I mean, I'm just, I am so overwhelmed right now, Al. Have you seen the hotel we're staying at? <laughs> it's crazy swanky. <laughs> Manny petties room service. Oh, yes, room service. Oh, can we order fries and bread and just just all of the carbs, please? We're going to eat every damn carb. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Candace, girl, please. It's 2022. This whole, like, no carb thing is not cute. I take issue with this line of dialogue. Okay, she's a grown woman. She can eat whatever she wants. Also, I love, like, <laughs> infectious disease in Vegas. Like... Party. I, <laughs> doctors are wild. 
And I, having dated yeah. one, like they do go to these conferences for like the most boring thing. And then they party, they get wild. And Allie, she's ready to like, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. She's ready. She's going on all out. I mean, she she shows up there at the hotel. She has a hat that says party in glow and like flashing lights. The word party is written in lights that flash on and off. And I was like, Allie, you acting like you ain't never left the house before. This is too much. And Can then, you imagine having a friend that has a party hat like that? What would you no. do? We should actually, no. we should have, I wish we could have requested that we watch this movie like with, with a, that hat on. You know, Tom, on this podcast, you know, our signature item is the pink fedora as worn in the film Deadly Mile High Club. <laughs> There's an actress and she wears a pink fedora and it's just kind of like her statement piece, but it's never discussed. And now I feel like this party hat is, you know, like that's in the pink fedora family. A hat that makes no sense for an adult woman to wear. But that is accepted as being part of the mythology of the story. A year from now, you're going to get a package from at your house. And you're like, I wasn't expecting a package. And it's going to be a party hat that says party <laughs> and party lights. Just because I, I just want to wait till you forget about it. And then yeah. it's going to show up at your door. And you'll know it's from me. <laughs> that would be so lifetime. I have a stalker. Yeah, is that fun? He's outside my door. Is that a fun joke gift or is that scary? <laughs> I don't know. I leave that up to you, Naomi. Uh, so they get to the bar, right? Like the first day before, like after they've done, what, like one friggin' lecture. And they're like, let's go to the bar. And then Allie, she's like, ooh, look at that fine MD. And when Candace goes to call her husband, Allie introduces herself to a man who is not even close to fine. I have never been more sad. I have never been more sad. I said, Allie, girl, you up in here with this beautiful 4C curl, this Colgate smile, and you over here talking to somebody with a, he looking 64 of he a day. Dad bought up the wazoo. I said, Allie, you deserve more. Allie is a gorgeous, talented woman. And we know this because sometimes she sings a little bit in her lines. And you're like, (laughs) oh, she has some special skills. Uh, She a thousand times deserves way better than this man. Again, this is like, well, that's where I was like, that's my part. There's my part. That man at that bar. (laughs) And he's also, you're a doctor, man. You don't need a quote unquote fine MD. Like, go get yourself like. An F boy, you know, <laughs> just like go, go to the gym, go. I want Allie to go to the gym in her, mm-hmm. you know, Lululemon and just like, yeah, you, sir, I choose you some hot. Right. Be- she needs a Sean. She needs yes, a hot. Yes. She needs a hot, a hot house husband who teaches Pilates yeah. um, on, on, on third street. And that's what I want for Allie. Yes. Not this justice man. for Allie. Okay. Well, that night, Candace and Allie, they like sneak into the hotel pool after hours because basically they get there because Candace is like, I want to swim. And then they're like, it closed at 10. And they get in the pool anyway because, you know, Allie's like, I don't play by the rules. And you get the sense though that someone's watching them. You know, the camera's starting to do that kind of like long lens thing through the bushes. And you're like, someone is there. Someone is peering And I was like, some exactly. And I was like, well, I'm assuming Tom is in the bushes. Peeping Tom. There we go again. Peeping. Exactly. But I thought, well, maybe it's because Candace is wearing that stupid light-up party hat. I'd be looking at her, too. Like, who are these people in the pool after hours with a light-up party hat? Look, I am the person that would call the front desk and be like, there are people in the pool (laughs) after hours. 
<laughs> and one of them is wearing oh, and, a dumb hat. And the and the one of them is holding glass. Because you didn't like that. Okay, ma'am, do not take glassware in the pool. And people don't, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to drop it. You drop that glass in the pool, it shatters. They have to drain the whole pool. The whole pool. The whole pool because someone could cut their foot on a shard of glass. And that's yes. why you use yes. plastic around the pool. I know. So they get in, have a little moment. And then Candace quickly is like, I'm going to go. And I was like, but you're the one who wanted to swim. You see what I'm saying? And this is like where it's like, see, you can't be trusting some of these girls because she's get, she gets you in the pool. And it's like, I want to go. And so she gives Allie the party hat. So the hat that Candace was wearing, now Allie is wearing. Yeah. Candace, too drunk for her own good, just can't make a decision. Oh, I want to swim. No, I don't want to. And that is a warm pool. I saw steam coming off that pool. Yeah. You don't leave yeah. a heated pool like that. That's a treat. <laughs> Do you know how expensive it is to heat a pool? You stay there, ma'am. You have a soak. And then we see a gun fire at Allie. Now, Tom, <gasps> Tom, I, I was not ready for that moment. I did not think that was coming, Tom. I screamed. I Again, it's been a while since I watched a Lifetime movie. And so I always assume, like, the people you care about in the story that's going to be a happy ending and, or, you know, yeah. that you're going to, it'll be fine. Yeah. Lifetime does not care about my feelings. They don't care about my, <laughs> my safe, my, they, nope. they're just like, we are going to traumatize you. I also felt like of everybody in this, Allie was the the last person to get murdered. I was like, she ain't even doing nothing. She ain't friends with cops. She just sitting here at brunch, drinking out of a mason jar. She, Why she got to die? She, she didn't do nothing to nothing. She's bringing white women together to be friends. She's a selfless friend. She's like, I don't mind if you guys become better friends. It's fine. I know. I mean, she did say go show up and meet your dad, which was not the best advice, but that's not worth dying over. Okay? At least it became clear to me that... Uh, Allie was not the bad guy that I thought she was. That beige, <laughs> that beige was for naught. And I apologize for thinking that. I'm sorry, Allie. Um, well, okay, good. Because it's justice for Allie. Because basically the next thing we see, Candace is sobbing. Because Allie is indeed dead. And I was like really hoping she wasn't going to be. Like I was hoping that he was going to miss the shot. You know what I mean? Like she was, there, the, the, I thought the gunshot would be like a warning. And then that would let Candace know, ooh, someone's still after me. I did not think Allie was actually going to die. Full on dead. It could have just been like, oh, my shoulder. Like, oh, we take her to the hospital and she's got a bullet in her shoulder. I That would have been yeah. my preference. Uh, but mm -hmm, again, mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of new to the lifetime thing. Like they're like suspense, murder. They're going in. They're yeah. serious. Yeah. These are serious. This yeah. is a serious situation. Yeah, yeah. And it was like wow. And so I was like very upset. And I just felt like also what was even worse is that like Ali died wearing that hat. <laughs> you know, to think that you would be you your body would be found wearing a light up party hat in a pool after hours. It's like she's a doctor. That's not how she was supposed to go out. <laughs> Wait, I wish there was a scene where they cut away to Allie's funeral and they're they're just like in front of her gravestone and someone and she lays the party hat down. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I need. If I were making this, if I were filming this movie, if I was in charge, there would be yeah, a shot yeah, yeah, yeah. of the party hat being lit. And then like maybe on her gravestone it's like Allie, she loved to party. And <laughs> Oh, God. So after that horrible moment, we cut to Margo, and Margo's calling Candace. She's in her car, and she's like, Hey, girl, it's Margo. Um, so I just wanted to tell you that I finally went to go see Felix Rossman today, and he's dead. 
so I don't know the coroner said that it was of natural causes and the nurse wouldn't give me any details but I don't know man I this just feels there's something off so can you um I sorry I thought I saw something um anyways uh, just get, I'll give you the details when we talk so just call me whenever you can okay and then Margot's pulling out of the parking lot and she sees like headlights come out after her. So she's like, okay, I'm being followed. You know, she mm-hmm. kind of realizes and she tries to evade the person behind her. And like, at one point you think she's done it, right? Like she kind of, she like clears the light and yeah, then that car behind like, her stops. Phew, phew. Right. But then she realizes her brakes aren't working. And Margot crashes, y'all, into a damn wall. I'm saying... They did not pace this out right because I'm still reeling from Allie being shot in a party hat. <laughs> and now Margot is smashed into a wall. I am still in I'm in mourning. And I this this is a moment where I where I realized, oh, I've been missing out and it's time for me to watch more of these because <laughs> my heart is pounding, my adrenaline's rushing. I, I am into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going hard. It's like all happening. And then the next day, Candace is trying to call Margot, and she's not. She keeps getting her voicemail, and she's like, "Nope, something's wrong." She normally calls me back, and she's like, "We got to go find her." Again, they became too fast of friends too too quickly. Uh, it, it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's also like. Margot picks up the phone when Candace calls because Candace is her story. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh. you are besties. Like, Margot's using you for a scoop, okay? It's like real estate tycoon has love child. Margot's writing it. Do we know she died? Yes. Or do she just injured a little bit? Coma? No, she's dead. She's gone. We, we, yeah, we don't get it. I mean, I was hoping we were going to get her at the end. You know what I mean? Like, with her arm in a sling, but... No, no, Candace has no one. (laughs) (laughs) So then Candace sneaks into the Mason's office. She goes back to the real estate company. It's closed for the day. And she like, someone leaves a side door open and she like runs in. And I just don't know how she's able to walk through this office because it's like every individual office is, is like glass. All the walls are glass. So I'm like, no one sees her walking through here. Okay, whatever. I was like, maybe they're at, they're on a work retreat. I don't know why no one sees her. But she goes in, she gets into Tom's office and she's like looking through papers. And as she's looking, we see Tom and Jeanette pulling up to the building. Okay. <sighs> These are always tense moments for me, no matter what that moment, you know, that cutting between where you're like, hurry up and leave, hurry up and leave. They're coming. They're coming. So it's very scary. And Candace finds papers in Tom's desk. And we learn that Henrietta, the old intern, went missing. And so Candace is like taking photos of the papers and then she takes a video, right? Like she puts on the video and she's kind of like moving through all the papers. And I thought, good, good, get it quickly. That's so smart. I'm going to remember that because you can just freeze frame that video and get the information you need instead of like fumbling, fumbling, trying to take the photos. Right. Trying to make sure it's like all in perfect focus, right? You just like video it. But she's not able to get out of there before Jeanette and Tom come in the office. And so then she has to like crouch behind a couch where she hears Everything, honey, listen to all this info Jeanette is telling us. There's only one thing that will help right now. What are you doing? Put that away. We're not killing anybody. Tom, what I need 
is for you to finally take responsibility for what you did and fix go. your mistake. You, not me. Because God knows I didn't get our 21-year-old secretary pregnant. How many times do you that want me to you. apologize, huh? That was 30 years ago. You're right. 30 years ago, we built this company on our reputation. We were wholesome. A family-owned company that sold homes to other wholesome families. We were on the cusp of a million-dollar loan when you and your affair Jeanette, almost ruined everything. You never let me forget. But we fixed it, didn't we? We killed Henrietta so the truth of your affair would never come out. But we should have killed Candace, too. No. It was against my better judgment not to. You were just too attached. Well, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Why do we have to kill her? She's my daughter, for Christ's sake. She's a liability. We are on the eve of the biggest merger this company has ever seen. And once again, your infidelity has come back to haunt us. And we can't just send Candace away again. She's a real problem. If people find out about your affair and the cover-up and everything we did, we are ruined. Our business, our family, our lives. Is that what you want? I don't know. Sweetheart, this merger is everything. The company, it's the legacy we leave behind. The gift we give to our boys. Felix and that reporter, they had to be taken care of. What do you mean, taken care of? Jeanette, what did you do? What did you do? I did what had to be done. Felix? He worked for us for years. He was our most loyal employee. He was senile. He was bound to talk. It was only a matter of time before he told a nurse or the reporter everything we did. I told you I was going to handle that. How? But by sneaking around in Candace's office or, or that botched mugging? We tried it your way, and she's not giving up. We need to kill her. Scaring her isn't enough, Tom. It's not enough. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. When Jeanette is monologuing, I'm like, please tell me she is still filming. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was hoping she was taking a voice memo or something. I was having intense anxiety because what if her phone, what if she gets a text message from that hot husband? And they hear the ding <laughs> or the vibrate. Like that, I'm just praying yeah. she put her phone in airplane mode. Mm-hmm. I am on pins and needles at this point. I know, I know. So at this point now, Jeanette has killed two people for a merger. For a merger. Mergers? Tom, would you kill anyone for a merger? I mean... <sighs> Maybe if they uh, there was a terminal illness that they were <laughs> they were gonna go anyway. <laughs> what does that have to do with your merger? I just don't think people need to die for you to get your money. No, I like I no. just don't get it. I actually t when I'm dating people, I'm like, if you ever like are thinking like, oh my god, I just want to kill like. Don't kill me, just break up with me. Mm -hmm. So I actually, yep. in, in all seriousness, I don't think I could kill for a merger. I don't think I could kill in general. <laughs> We're learning a lot about me. <gasps> Ooh, Tom, 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 I just got it. The title of our next Lifetime movie. It's called Murder for Merger. <laughs> and we have a company. And we kill people who get in our way. <laughs> murder for merger? Mur the merger murder? The rural juror. <laughs> Um, this title. The rural jurors murder, merger. This 
is going to be a hit. You will have struck gold with this idea. <laughs> It'll be so good. But let's point out that up until now, you were kept saying you were like, Tom killed those people. Tom did whatever. But now you're learning here that it was Jeanette. Well, then I would like to issue an apology to everyone. Because then that means toxic masculinity has programmed me to assume that Tom would be the killer and kill people. But as we know, women can do anything a man can do and do it better. Mm -hmm. And that also includes murder. So... I apologize to everyone. Okay, good. I'm just glad you, you know, I, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm trying to call you in. Yeah. So we can have a dialogue. Women can be president. Yep. Women can be murderers. Okay. Yep. That dare yep. to dream. <laughs> and Jeanette is like such a killer. She's so cool. She's like, Tom. You're going to kill your daughter. <laughs> that, that line. <laughs> chef's, chef's kiss. Chef's so kiss of that line. Obsessed. But Tom refuses to murder, and Jeanette's really pissed, so she takes the gun and leaves the office. And then there's like a second where she thinks she hears someone, but she just leaves the room. And then literally 10 seconds after Jeanette leaves, Candace gets up and leaves. Candace! <sighs> stay. Too soon. I would stay hidden for like at least an hour. Yeah. I would call, yeah. I would I would dial 911 right there and be like, I'm hidden. I heard people say it was going to kill me. <laughs> I've maybe or maybe not recorded their conversation. Do we know? Was she recording? I don't think know. so. We don't Which know. I was like, that's, I was like, oh, that is such a missed opportunity. Because when she leaves the office, Jeanette knocks her over the head with a gun. Okay? Because that's what happens because she, she didn't leave enough space between her and Jeanette to leave. So you cut to then Sean leaving his house to find Candace. We get a beautiful exterior shot of that house. And you're like, gorgeous. And then I'm like, okay, now I see LA. That's somewhere like in the valley, you know? Yeah. And and she's leaving the house. And then Tom Mason pulls up in his sh- little red car. Who are you? Wait, wait, you're, you're Tom Mason, right? Yes. How do you have the nerve to even show up here after what you've done? Look, I don't have time to get into this with you right now. Is she here? Well, you better try. You know, she spent the past few weeks trying to prove to everyone that you were her father. And you did a pretty good job making her think she was crazy. But she was right. Wasn't she? She was right. Yes, she was right. I'm her father. But now she's in danger. Is she here? What what, what do you mean she's in danger? What'd you do to her? Nothing. Listen to me. If my wife finds her before we do, she will kill her. Do you understand that? Now you have to think. Where could she be? Think. I don't know. I don't know. I I couldn't get in touch with her. I was going to try your office in Mayfield, but she... Wait, wait, my office? I, I was just there. Oh, God, Jeanette's still there. We gotta go now. They're, like, driving back to Mayfield, to the office. Hopefully they're gonna find her. But you know what? Candace ain't in Mayfield. Candace is tied to a chair in a cabin in the woods. And I call that Lifetime Bingo. <laughs> Lifetime loves tying a bitch to a chair. And that kills me. Because... I'm sorry. Who has all this rope and duct tape lying around to tie somebody up? You can't even, I can't even find a double A battery in my house, okay? And these people have everything they need to restrain somebody. 
You know where where they have because white women love to macrame, and that is where they're getting all that rope. It's not rope; it's that it's that laundry line, uh, that macrame. St- I don't know nothing about no macrame. Oh, you know the, all those macrame things that people have hanging on the wall that you buy on Etsy if you don't want to make it yourself, but they love doing it. <laughs> women love to do these. Uh, what's it called? Tapestries, wall fiber art. Oh yeah, fiber art, definitely. But she's basically in there, honey. They in the house in the woods. And Jeanette says this is the house where he used to, Tom used to hook up with Henrietta. And it's also where he killed her. This was his F pad. This was his F pad. By the way, we've had some establishing shots now of nature and whatnot. And we're definitely in San Francisco. We're in the Bay Area. We see the Golden Gate Bridge. Jeanette, shout mm-hmm. out again to this costumer. Jeanette is in a trench coat. And it is the Ooh. same color as the Golden Gate Bridge. And if you don't know the history of the Golden Gate Bridge, it was, people were not for it uh, initially. They, it was, you know, they were against it and it was sort of an evil thing. So they're using symbolism again to show that wow. Jeanette is the bad guy and she's wearing the exact color, which is international orange. Okay, wow. You're giving me film history. You're giving me color history and description. You are like my own Douglas Sirk. You're coming in here giving me that 1956 written on the wind explanation, honey, with these colors, and I love it. Or did I read a few headlines and I gave you a bunch of fake general information that I kind of messed up? That's all we need. That's all we need. The fact is, Jeanette is psycho, and she is amazing. This actress is so good, because it is just like such... Such melodrama. And she's so intense. Getting you up here was a real challenge. (sighs) I have always hated this place. Tom wanted to buy it. I thought, he just loves the woods. I didn't realize he needed a place to take his filthy, well, your mother. When I told kill your mother years ago. He did it here. He was worried about getting caught as any sane person would be. But I promised him that no one would ever find out. And I was right. No one ever did. I never thought I'd be capable of doing such things. The lengths a mother will go to protect her family is almost primal. Her monologue, I will be applying to grad school theater departments just so I can use that monologue as my new audition piece. (laughs) It's amazing. That would be so good. You'd be like, Tom Lank performing the monologue from Adopted in Danger. (laughs) And then you just... And seed. And then you just start and you have to wear an international orange coat. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. So Candace, though, as she's tied to the chair, she sees like a bottle opener, like an old school bottle opener. And she uses that to break her bindings when, I don't know, Jeanette like went off to what? Go to the bathroom? Like Jeanette leaves her (laughs) for an extended period of time. And I'm like, Jeanette. You are not good at kidnapping and restraining because (laughs) you can't just leave her by herself. Anyway, she manages to use the bottle opener and she calls Sean 
and Sean is with Tom and is like, I, I don't know. Sean. Candace? Sean. Candace. Sean, Sean, it's Jeanette. She has me. She's trying to kill me. Please, you have to call the police. Where are you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I am. I need you to describe where you are. I don't know, okay? I look outside and I just see a bunch of trees. All I see are trees. I don't know. Okay, uh, can you give me anything else? Uh, is there a sign? Anything? Uh, can, you, can you see anything out the window? No, it looks like we're in the middle of nowhere, Sean. It's just, it just looks like the woods. Oh my God, oh God. This is like, because I just felt like I really like that Candace is a smart cookie in this movie. I don't like when the women have to like play dumb or deny their gut instincts, you know, just to get in trouble. So I like that she was like smart. But then I was like, God damn it. She doesn't know where she is. What is she going to do? This is very stressful. Also, like, I love that that Sean is so committed to, to he's like keeps calling like oh, she might answer and like he yeah. I, like I would have hung up on that and he was like no she could answer at any point and she finally comes through. Mm-hmm. Sean says he, he's trying to explain to Tom what's happening to her and some middle aged woman took advantage of her. Candace is tough and smart. She wouldn't let some middle aged woman just take advantage of her. That line I was I was I was offended Sean. How dare you? <laughs> he referred to Jeanette as a middle-aged woman how about, who took advantage. How about normal-aged? How about just a woman? Just a, a woman. woman. An adult woman. <laughs> but then he's like, I know that you're scared, but you're the bravest woman I've ever met. Which I thought was very sweet. Sean is such a good husband. The bravest woman I've ever met. Look, she's a pediatrician. Maybe she's an OBGYN and she delivers babies. And honestly, you would have to be the bravest person I ever met to deliver a baby. (laughs) So props to Candace. She's not an OBGYN. She's a pediatrician. Can you be both? How does it work? Um, I don't think so. They're different. Like delivering the baby is not the same as like treating a baby. It really... yeah. I'm afraid of all children and babies. So I yeah. I just assume like you you, so you can't keep going once the baby okay, once the baby's out, you have to get a new You're doctor. Done. You're done. You move yeah. on, you leave. You're done. They just You're take done. care of the before and it's Exactly. Happened. Unless something's going on with the reproductive system of the mother. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then the OB's there. But no, after the baby, they're done. I've learned a lot. <laughs> Adopted in danger has, it honestly has changed my life in many ways. It really has. You're going to get answers to uh, decades-long family mysteries. (laughs) You've discovered that women can do anything but not be both a pediatrician (laughs) and an OB. (laughs) So this is really good. So, oh my God. Okay, we're almost almost at the end of this. Because basically, Candace ends up, she's like, I don't know how to tell you where I am, but she's like running outside and and Jeanette's like out there. And it's like, you can scream if you want to. There isn't a neighbor for miles. But she still can't find Candace. And then basically, as Candace is like trying to run away, she ends up coming up behind Jeanette and she like hits her over the head with a piece of wood, (laughs) knocking her out. And I was like, yes, that is good. And also very real to me. It's like, what weapon would she really have? Right? Like she's in the middle of the woods at a cabin. She's like, Oh, there's some wood. I'll hit her with it. And then we cut to a few moments later, I guess. And that useless hot cop is there. And he was like, we were on our way up here. And I was like, LOL. Really useless. Completely useless. It was so funny. And then he's like, Tom, you saved her life. And he's also like, you need to lawyer up. And I was like, finally, you're making some sense. Tom needs to work it out. Then Tom is like, 
Tom goes to the cop. Can I talk to them privately? And the cop says yes. And it's like, no, you don't just let people be up in here having conversations privately when you know one of them is like involved in a series of murders. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't know how involved Tom is, but as far as the cop knows, his him and his wife have been killing people. So I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but Tom comes over and he drops a bombshell that I was not expecting. I had no idea this was coming. Listen to this. As for your mother, Jeanette wanted me to kill her. She thought it was the only way that we could protect our, our business, our, our brand, and her distorted version of a family, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't. Are you saying my mother's alive? Yes, she is. When I brought her here to the lake house that night, Jeanette had given me a gun and told me to take care of her. I couldn't. Henrietta was the only woman that I ever truly loved. My partner Felix and I, we drove her to the Canadian border. He had a friend who could get her a new passport. I gave her $30,000 in cash and told her to start a new life. It killed her to be separated from you. But we didn't have a choice. And we thought you'd be safer if you never knew. Candace, she was, she was just a kid. I mean, she had no family, no, no money, no way to fight Jeanette, who was already a very powerful woman in Mayfield. And I, I was too weak to stop any of it, too, too ashamed, too. <sighs> anyway, um, I just needed her to be safe. Jeanette found out she was alive. Yeah. Listen to me. We never stop talking. Your mother says my fear is our only roadblock. It's, it's true, but I can tell her it's safe to come home now. You deserve to know, Henrietta. My God, the two of you are so much alike, it scares me. <gasps> what? Okay, so not only is Candace's mother alive, she is in, like, Toronto, okay? She is not even far, and she still talks to Tom Mason, the man who stole her baby in the night. This is the craziest part of this whole movie for me, Tom. This is, this is wild. the craziest part of this it's, movie. And, like, he's still been talking. Like, so he's just been loving her all these years and stayed with <laughs> Crazy Janet just for the, for the money, I guess, for the merger, for the merger. Merger. Murdered merger. Uh, what? That is wild. This makes me feel better that there's like one less death. I thought there was. Well, I'm sorry. You know what? I could have done one less death if you had let Allie live. I say kill Henrietta. Let Allie live. That'll make no kind of sense. <laughs> Henrietta could have been died of natural causes by now. <laughs> but instead, Allie had to die. In a swimming pool after hours wearing a party hat. <laughs> Living. Justice for Allie! Justice for Allie. So then we have our classic lifetime coda. We cut to six months-ish later. Candace is pregnant, very pregnant. And she and Sean are having lunch with Sean's parents. And we also discover that it's not just a lunch, it's a gender reveal party. And guess who shows up at the party? Henrietta! 
Henrietta, oh, I'm so glad you made it. Awesome. The mother who's been living in Toronto for 30 years. And we find out that not only did Tom just get six months in prison and six months of house arrest in exchange for selling out Jeanette, but Henrietta and Tom Mason are now back together. I mean, <laughs> I mean, actually, it makes me happy. You know, there is uh-uh, a silver uh-uh. lining. And it uh-uh. sounds like Tom's going to get to be a, a, a granddad and be, like, involved <laughs> in the life. Tom really has come around. Tom, I will say his journey, his character arc, he went from, you know, bad to good to bad to good to um, to good. I'm bad, okay? I can't with him. Tom Lank, would you date a man who stole your love child, sent you to Canada with 30K and said, K-I-T, keep in touch? Would you do it? Look, 30K is 30K. So, I mean, I... <laughs> What's I, that going to do? I, that's, I can't get you much. That's like in Canada. That's like a down payment on a nice condo in Vancouver, you know? <laughs> Uh, you wouldn't just say you wouldn't don't pretend I know that you find Tom Mason attractive but he is not someone you get back together with after they stayed with a woman who killed multiple people for your family real estate business yeah I don't yeah I'm not gonna (laughs) okay yeah, again, it's going to be a no for me, dog. I think that I have made some poor choices in relationships, but I've definitely, I think this is one I could stay away from, even though I'm Thank I you. Made, Thank you. I would hook up. I would hook up. <laughs> just for like okay. some sex factor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I just read yeah, an yeah, article yeah. about how they did an experiment where they scared men, like they made them walk across like a tall bridge and they scared them and then they introduced them to a woman and a higher percentage of them asked for the woman's phone number when they had been scared on the bridge then when did not anyway so arouse what i'm saying is yes uh, the danger the danger can be confusing and make you want to have to hook up again well anyway they pop a balloon and pink confetti comes out they're having a girl and i'm like okay whatever (laughs) i was like not excited for them you know Lifetime loves me to be on board whenever someone's procreating. But I was like, with this couple, I mean, I look, I love Sean and Candace, but I just kind of felt like no more new children. Everybody needs to like adjust to the children they now have. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like you, Tom, you got a daughter now, Henrietta, you came back from Canada. Like, why don't we all just kind of get that together? And then you can focus on maybe yeah, making a baby. A I mean, also, do you think with the names that we've, we've got, Jeanette, we've got... Candace and Sean. What is this baby's name? Is this a Karen baby? This is a Karen. Baby Karen. I do love that earlier in the movie, he refers to future baby as a she. Like, he he doesn't assume it's going to be a boy, and he's hopeful yeah. that it's a she. So, Sean, is yeah. he's, he's dim, but he's like a hot feminist husband. So, shout out to Sean. <laughs> okay, I think you shouted out Sean enough, okay? We get it. Sean is goals. Um, you guys, that has been adopted in danger and neither myself nor Tom Lank will ever be the same again. And because we've learned lessons, we've learned lessons in this movie. First of all, if you're going to put a kid up for adoption that you don't want people to know is your kid, do it out of state. Okay. You don't want blowback. They can't be two towns over, honey. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. That's on you, Tom Mason, real estate mogul. Another thing we learned, don't trust a Tom. Okay. That's a fact. Also, don't swim alone after hours in a hotel pool. Just don't do it. Hard pass on that one. 
Avoid party hats at all costs. Oh my gosh. Now, Tom, we're done with the movie. You know, we've talked about it. We've taken it all in. I would like to very quickly ask you, there's a segment we like to do here called Real Hero, Real Villain, Mm -hmm. where we, you know, in every movie, of course, there's the bad guy and the good guy, but there's always someone else who's also bad and someone else who's also good. And I'm wondering, you know, who is a hero for you who is not Candace? I think I know the answer. It's going to be Sean. It's going to be, I was going to say Sean. um, (laughs) And I'm going to, I'm going to go with Sean. He's a hero. Okay. You know why? Because he was there. He was there to support. Yes. Yes. Sean's got your back, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. as a husband. Okay. Then next one for you. Okay. Now, who would you say the villain is besides Jeanette and Tom? Those sons. Those Those shifty sons. sons? One of them, one of them, the haircut. And the, the suits, <laughs> the suits and time at times and of the day and locations where you wouldn't need a suit. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. I can't trust that, you know. Even yeah. though that's what I want to be like. Yeah, I've, I'm 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 learning. I have a lot of villainous leanings that I would like to aspire to. So I'm gonna deal with that in my therapy. Um, mm-hmm. What about mm-hmm. you? Real hero, real villain. Um, for me, you know, there are a lot of villains, but I'm going to say another true villain for me in this was the nurse who called Jeanette. <laughs> I said, ma'am, ma'am, what are you even doing getting up involved in this? You don't even know no kind of Jeanette. You don't owe her anything. You told me to call if anyone came asking. You do not get paid enough to be involved in these situations. I was livid. Props to the writer of this because I love that they gave someone with a smaller part you were just not expecting to all of a sudden give you this key information, do such a turn to alter everything, you know? Exactly, exactly. And then my other, you know, my hero who's, you know, not Candace fighting for her life. Oh, God. I, I mean, I guess I would say that it's Allie. Even though she dies a terrible death, <laughs> Allie has all these white women in her life and they are nothing but trouble <laughs> and they lead to her demise. And I just feel like, Allie, girl, you are a hero to me. <laughs> That's how I feel. Also, you know what? I'm going to say a uh, real hero, the mm-hmm. Oracle. He he wanted uh-huh. to help from the, very get, from the very beginning. He was yes. out there trying to help Candace, and he paid with his life. He paid with his life. Whew, honey. Adopted in danger It was intense. And you know what, Tom? And my dear listeners, it's going to be intense next week, too. Because next week, we are watching Deadly Hollywood Obsession, which both Tom and I have. We have a deadly obsession <laughs> with Hollywood. So it makes sense. And here is the log line, so you can get ready. After saving 10-year-old Jack from an attempted kidnapping, Casey Wright is hired by Jack's famous father, the Sam Austin, to be Jack's homeschool teacher. Casey is quickly swept up in Sam's celebrity lifestyle, but when things heat up between the two, Casey becomes the target of Sam's craze stalker. Okay, that's a lot. That's a log line that is a movie, because basically, okay, Casey, she, first of all, thwarts a kidnapping. That's how the movie starts, so you know it's supposed to be good. Then she becomes a homeschool teacher. Then she falls in love with the father, and there's a crazy stalker. Honey, this is going to be a good one. So you can watch it on LifetimeMovieClub.com and go to LifetimeMovieClub.com 
com slash podcast to sign up for a free seven-day trial if you have not already. Whoo, Tom, are you going to be ready for that next week? D-H-O, Deadly Hollywood Obsession. I am ready to be obsessed. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out another awesome Lifetime podcast, The Table is Ours. It's hosted by two fabulous black women in entertainment who sit down with some of their favorite black icons to discuss how black identity has informed, empowered, and fortified their lives and careers. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Julie Magruder and Aisha Jordan. Our editor and sound mixer is Jonathan Siri. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi Ekparrigan and me, Tom Lank. It feels like we don't even need to say it, but yeah, we'll put ourselves in the credits. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.